Uh, it is the Easter season, and I can hardly believe on week six. Uh, Easter is, again, greatest single event in human history. We're in week six of a celebration of, of Lent, um, the Easter season, and we've been looking at truth relative to the resurrection, risen for a reason, and truths about how he was risen for a reason, and that reason is you. We started out week one looking at truth from John 13 about the resurrection um, taking place so that we would know um, what real greatness is all about, so that we would be really great in the eyes of God. And there's a big difference in terms of being great in the world and great in the eyes of the Lord. The, the following week, we looked at truth out of John, uh, John 14, where, where Jesus promises the gift of the Holy Spirit to teach us all things. He was risen for the reason so that you would know the most important things that you need to know living life. The most important things that you need to know as you walk and as you move and as you live from day to day. We looked at next week truth from John 15 about joy. See, Jesus rose again, came to life so that you would know joy, that you'd have complete joy, everlasting joy, such a difference maker in life. The fourth week about being united to and with him, truth out of John 17, as Jesus prays, as he prays for everybody here about a relationship that he desired to have with them, that they would be united to his spirit, and with him in the living of life. And what a difference that makes in terms of hope and assurance of clarity. Tremendous understanding and truth as you live your life to and with Jesus Christ, united in his spirit. And then last week we looked at, uh, arguably, and as I mentioned, Carl Bart would say, the greatest truth ever, and that is that Jesus loves you, risen for a reason, to say it's true, I do. I'm going to be your Lord. I, I, I'm alive, and I want to give you life. Nothing greater to know than the truth that Jesus loves you. I hope you know that, not, not intellectually, but in your heart. It changes everything. And this week, Palm Sunday, a Sunday that um, my Bible says um, has a header there, the triumphal entry. Um, we call it Palm Sunday. But truth that, that he is Lord. He is Lord. And I share that in an understanding of capability. He is Lord, and he can and he will lead you in life. Maybe many of you are familiar with the passage. Um, maybe it's been something that you've read or has been shared uh, every single Palm Sunday of your life. We're going to do it again. Words from uh, Luke 19, verses 28 to 40. And, and I hope that what's not lost is what's actually taking place I'm going to look at three things that, that um, affirm that state. He is Lord. 
and then really answer the question of truth. So why does that matter? So you ready? Open up your hearts to the truth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Luke 19, verses 28 to 40. Hear the living word of God. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asked you, why are you untying it? Tell them the Lord needs it. Those who were sent went ahead and found everything as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, it's owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread out their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, a whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace on, in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. This is the word of God. Might its truth be written on your heart and lived in your life. Palm Sunday. I love, I, I love envisioning um, any, any story or account that I read. And, and maybe this is one of those in particular because it is a fantastic event. And, and as I read it and as I think about it, all of the things that are happening, all of the powerful things that are, that are, are taking place, I have to believe that in some ways, I mean, Jesus had so many incredible, awesome moments, but that this was one of the high points. This is one of those moments that just filled them with joy because of what was taking place. And yes, it had to do with some of the things that were happening, but more than that, why they were happening. This is not a planned event ordained by God. But it's not like Jesus went out to everybody and said, hey, by the way, at 3 o'clock. Th this was the spontaneous outpouring of what people had in their hearts for Jesus Christ. And, and it demonstrated a, a authenticity, genuine response to grace. It, it's a powerful, powerful moment. And it points to the understanding and truth, the belief, the validity that Jesus indeed was who he said he was. He was the Christ. He was Lord. Think about uh, for a moment where, where the passage started. In, in verses 28 to 35, there's a lot of details. It's a sharing of plans, right? And, and we can read those and go, okay, yeah, he was um, up at Bethany, Bethage, went through the Mount of Olives, they got a colt, and boom. But, but think about what happened for just a moment. He, he tells them, this is what I want you to do. You, you just go right ahead. You go up to the next village, and there'll be a cult there, and just untie it and take it. And if anybody asks you a question, just say what? Do you remember what he said? 
The Lord needs it. Whenever you see um, in Scripture a a reference to Jesus as Lord, because the word Lord is used in other ways, but uppercase, it always has to do with a word called kurios, or it, it stamps that word in Greek as divine nature. So when he says the Lord needs it, he's saying, tell them that the Christ, God himself, needs it. So when they use that word, they heard it. And so I want you to think about that. That's what he tells them. And do they hesitate? No. They, they go. What is that? It's, they are understanding what Jesus is saying. And they're believing it. I mean, it, think about it for a moment. If I told you, hey, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go down the street and you're going to find a car with keys in it. Jump in and, and start it up and take it. Would you be um, really eager to do that? I I hope not. (laughs) We could have some real legal repercussions. That's what Jesus is telling them to do. Tell them the Lord needs it. And then, of course, they get there, right? There's the colt. What do they do? They untie it. What happens? Just as Jesus said, the owners come out. Don't you think that would be normal? Uh, Why are you taking, you know, our colt? What do they say? (laughs) Just what Jesus told them to. The Lord needs it. Another moment of revealing. See, because... They didn't say, oh, by the way, the teacher needs it. They didn't say, oh, by the way, um, Jesus needs it. Maybe you know him. He's the guy that's been doing all of the cool stuff, all of the miracles. He's the one who needs it. No, they say the Lord needs it. And the people let him take it. What does that say? They understood They believed. They didn't say, "Um, you're not stealing our colt. You're not taking it for whomever this guy says he is. No, they let him take the colt. Affirmation, validation. And that's just the start. It goes on from there, right? You read in in verses 35 to 37 what happens next. He gets on the colt, and he starts to go towards, and I I wish I would have had a um, picture of this. You kind of see it there. But um, Bethany and Bethage were on a foothill, and Jerusalem was of lower elevation. And so there was a little bit of a windy trail that came down, and then it came down to the city. There was this this long road that came out of one of the only roads into Jerusalem. And um, as they're going, and you read about the Mount of Olives, maybe you're familiar with that. Jesus went there to pray. It's where he was arrested. But... Um, you, the topography, if you come out of there, there's this curve. You're going through the olive groves, and then there's this curve, and then you, the city just kind of like unfolds before you. It's all secluded from your vision until you make a turn, and there it is. But as Jesus is going through there, he's starting to prepare. People are coming out of the woodwork. Think about that for a moment. This is why I think it, it's just so incredible. An uns- unplanned, a spontaneous event movement of the Holy Spirit. They're coming, and they're just pouring out everywhere. 
And what are they doing? They're giving what I would call a blue-collar coronation. You see, they understood what happened in Jerusalem when royalty would come. All the pomp and circumstances, even up there, they could hear the trumpets, all that other stuff. Uh, People lined up on the main entrance. Uh, All of the the mucky mucks, the officials, a a line of people receiving kings from other places coming into the city. And and you've seen the movie clips, maybe palm fronds. It was was a royal plant, um, certainly by the Egyptians, but then they they would wave them and then they would pave them out. This beautiful, kind of like rolling out of the red carpet. And that's what they're doing. They're acknowledging Jesus as the King of kings and the Lord of lords in a way that they could, taking off their outer cloak, throwing it down before him, ripping branches off of trees, just this this frenzy of praise. It's, It's a great and a beautiful thing to envision. All unplanned, all just contagious enthusiasm, things that, I, that, that we wish and hope would happen all of the time in, in the hearts of God's people. That's what was happening. And so they're doing all of those things, and then what's, what else is taking place? There's chanting and there's shouting. And there's other phrases you can read about other accounts. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, again, uppercase, peace on heaven and glory in the highest. And the things that they were shouting and the hallelujahs and the praise that they were giving made it very, very clear who it is that they believed Jesus was in the moment. The Christ, the Messiah, the Lord. And there's proof of that, right? Because what happens? The Pharisees, keepers of the law, rebuke them. Do you notice what they say? So what's the word used to refer about who Jesus was prior? Lord. Do you see what they say in verse 39? Teacher. Subtle difference, not so subtle. Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I don't think they said it like that. I think they were screaming and yelling, hey, rebuke your disciples what is this all about that was my best angry pharisee voice they were angry and mad because they understood what what people were saying and what they were believing and to them it was blasphemous it was was terrible why because they did not accept or believe that jesus was the christ that he was the lord that's why they refer to him as teacher And then the the last thing I would share, just in terms of the account, what Jesus says in verse 40. He says, "I, I, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. What does he mean by that? He says, it really doesn't matter if they're sharing it and proclaiming it or not. It's true. And all of creation knows who I am even the stones. He himself claims who he was. And of course, the resurrection proves it. So incredibly powerful. So that's that's the story and the the receiving of Jesus Christ. 
He claims his lordship. Resurrection says it's true. The, the, the triumphal entry is about, about the receiving and, and the validation of, of him being stamped and known as Lord, as the Christ, who he really was. And, and that's why I think, again, it's just an incredible moment for Jesus Christ. You saw people not responding intellectually, but spiritually and out of their hearts. In, a, in a, an outpouring and a wellspring of emotion and celebration and praise. It, it's a powerful, powerful moment. But I ask this question, and maybe you've already asked it as you've sat and, and listened or you've read this passage. Big deal. Well, maybe you didn't say it that way. But what, what does that matter? What does that mean to me? I would submit to you everything. That goes part and parcel with claiming him as the forgiver of your sins. That's how it referred to Savior and then Lord, leader in life. It's just so amazing and powerful to know that Jesus is who he says he is and that he can and he will lead you in life. That's the difference that it makes. And, and I, I, I thought about that. Um, what could I share in just a, a few minutes, uh, looking at what this passage means and the implication of it? I could go on for hours. I won't. But think about it for a moment. What does it mean that Jesus says he can, he's capable, I hope you know that, and that he will lead you in life. What difference does that make for you as a human being? Well, the first thing that I would share that I hope is true is that you know who to listen to. See, see, the world is filled with voices. There are all kinds of people. There are all kinds of things that want to say, hey, I'm your Lord. I'm the one you need to follow. I can do this, this, and this for you. He's got all kinds of titles, all kinds of voices. Satan is so good, he reads up all kinds of things to come into your life and to speak to you and say, hey, I'm the one you need to listen to, including, by the way, yourself. But there's only one who can deliver on the promises to help you to live the best life ever, and that's Jesus Christ. I hope you tested that out. I hope you, you explored that. You followed and let him lead. And seen that he can, he is able, and he will. That when you're going through a really hard time, think about this. Lordship, somebody who be there to give you peace and comfort that you didn't think possible in the midst of grief. I've been there. It is incredibly profound to know Jesus as Lord in that moment. To be able to have somebody who as Lord is strong and gives you strength and picks you up and pulls you up and helps you move your feet forward. Somebody who in the midst of all of the confusion, you ever had times when you're just wondering what to do next? Provides clarity through his word, how he speaks and leads in prayer. Powerful, 
sifts away, clears the clouds, moves all of the confusion and the chaos out of the way by the leading of his spirit. Profound. So many different things in terms of being a leader in life. That's what it means. That's the importance. And all he asks is that you just, again, follow. It will take humility and it will take submission. Some people would say, um, to the point in terms of how he calls us to follow and who it is that he desires us to be, that, that it's foolish and that it's irrational. God calls it life. I love the words of um, John 20, 31 and 30, kind of like knockless. We're at the end of, of chapter 20, towards the end of the Gospel of John. It says this, Jesus did many miraculous signs in the presence of the disciples which are not recorded in this book. And then this verse, John, uh, verse 31, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, Lord, the Son of God, and that by believing what? You may have life in his name. Not just any life, brothers and sisters, but again, the best life ever. I hope you're exploring that. I hope you're following. I hope you know and you're letting them lead. I thought of um, another passage maybe some of you are familiar with. Um, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, and then also verse 7. I don't know if you know verse 7. But Proverbs 3 Verses 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. That's verses 5 and 6. Do you know verse 7? Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil. See, one of the greatest things that letting God lead us in life does is keeps us out of the muck. If you want to know about muck and getting stuck, talk to a farmer who's trying to do a field that's filled with clay in the spring, and it's not going so great. But you don't need to ask them. You can think about your own life. You know, the promise is not that we'll ever stumble or fall, that we'll get stuck. The promise is that he will lead us out of it and help us clean us off, put our feet on solid ground again. He'll be our Lord a loving, gracious Lord. What does it matter that Jesus can, is able, and will lead us in life? Everything. It's my deepest hope, my deepest desire that you know that. And you know that because why? You've been following. If you're wondering what that looks like, or you have doubts about that, I'm not so sure. I, I have a, a question. How about letting them demonstrate and prove that to you? More and more and more. See, a lot of, again, a lot of things and a lot of people want to take control of your life. Not one can deliver on the promises that they're going to make. Holy and completely only Jesus Christ.
Again, you doubt it. Yeah. Test it out. See how it goes. Risen for a reason for you. For you. So you can and will let him lead in your heart and in your life. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Will you pray with me? Lord God, we celebrate your goodness and grace. We thank you so much for who it is that you are. And Lord, to discover that all we need to do is let you lead the beauty and the wonder of who you are in those hard moments and in those good moments is incredible and amazing. Lord, I pray and I speak from personal experience, but I know that there are everybody here can, can shout that out and have that testimony in some ways. And if not, I pray that it will be next week, the, a month, a year, the, the rest of their lives, Lord, that they'd continue to let you lead. And they discover and they would know who it is that you truly are. A loving God. A loving God. that out of grace and with truth lead them in life and forever, forever. All praise to you. In your glorious name we pray it. Amen.